When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What's happening, Rush Nation? It is Friday. It is time for some matchups to get you ready for the weekend, just to make sure that we've got all the information that we need that we have now to get those start sits right, to get those lineups right, and to get some W's this week. Apologies, this is out a little bit later and it doesn't include Thursday Night Football as a result. Um, was on with the Five Yard College boys, was getting the start sits out, was getting a lot of content out to you on the website. So um, this one, unfortunately, just fell a little bit behind the, the schedule. Um, so it looks like on Thursday Night Football, there wasn't too much to be excited about and with Teddy Bridgewater getting injured. That's one to keep an eye on going forward. Um, but I'm going to give you the rest of the lines from Sunday's game and Monday night football uh, with all the information you need to make the right decisions to get some W's this week. So going to start off with Indianapolis uh, at Detroit. Um, Indy are favoured by three over and under here is 50. So expected to be a reasonably high scoring game. Although, to be honest, there's not a whole ton of players I I really want in this game um, because it could kind of go either way. Um, Taylor is a must start. He's sort of a fringe of the RB1 conversation. So I think he's uh, he's just about there um, in that sort of 8 to 12 range this week. As for the wide receivers, Hilton, Pascal. I mean, Pascal for me is 
unstartable unless you're in a deep league. Hilton really isn't performing. I've got him at best a wide receiver three. He's just not really putting up the numbers, not getting in the end zone. And then Burton, I think, is the only other skilled player I would start other than Taylor. And he is uh, on the fringes of the uh, Titan one, Titan two conversation. So for me, not too much to be overly worried about uh, from the Indianapolis side. And, and same goes for Detroit side. I don't think this is the best matchup for Matt Stafford. You're playing the Colts, who are the best defense against uh, quarterbacks, also the best defense against tight ends, and sixth best defense against running backs for fantasy football points. And what all that alludes to effectively is that Stafford is almost unstartable this week. Uh, Swift is uh, running back two. Uh, hopefully he gets a bit more usage. He's had a couple of good weeks in a row now, and hopefully he's starting to take more share of that offense moving forward. Golladay, you can start as a, a wide receiver one. I don't think this is a good matchup for Marvin Jones. He's a wide receiver four for me at best. I don't think this is a good matchup for Hawkinson either. Uh, as I put in the start sit column, the fact that um, Indianapolis haven't put up any, they haven't allowed any touchdowns and they're giving up less than 30 yards a game to tight ends. So don't think this is the right game for Hawkinson despite the streak of three games in a row with a touchdown. So I'd be sitting him this week. Next up, Minnesota at Green Bay. Green Bay favoured by six and a half points. And uh, 51 is the over-under. Um, start with Green Bay. Cook, you can definitely uh, start him as an RB1 this week. You, If he's 100% fit, if not, be Madison. I think Cook goes this week. So for me, you've got Green Bay as the second worst run defence, uh, giving up points to fantasy football, uh, running back fantasy football points. So... Cook is definitely a good start this week and one that you can uh, rely on. Uh, and Phelan, for me, is a wide receiver one this week. I think he's going to put up some really big numbers in garbage time, similar to what happened early on in the season. This is a controversial take and very contrarian to what rankers are out there doing. But for me, Justin Jefferson is a fade. He is a wide receiver three, wide receiver four. I've got him around about wide receiver 36, I think, uh, this week. And the reason why is I think he's going to draw... Um, more coverage from Jair Alexander. I think Phelan goes into the slot. I just think he is going to, just think he's not going to get as open as he normally would. Jair Alexander is one of the best corners this season. Uh, He's going to be in line for some major honours potentially at the end of the year if he keeps this form up. And I just think Jefferson is going to be kept very, very quiet. Um, And I think that if it's going to garbage time, he might get lobbed balls over to him and maybe he might pull a play out somewhere. But that's what you're banking on. I just don't really like the play um, as much as I do most weeks. So he's one I'm very cautiously down on. Uh, Irv Smith, I think is, if you're desperate for tight end, I think he's as good as any you could probably pick up. He's starting to get more and more work, um, but he's got to find the end zone really. And that's, that's the measure of success. Does he get into the end zone? I'm not so sure, but, if you wanted to gamble on him, I wouldn't talk you out of it. As for Green Bay, Rogers easily top two QB this week. It's going to be him and Mahomes. I think that will be right, right up there. We're still waiting on news on Aaron Jones. He hasn't practiced this week. At the moment, I don't have him in my rankings. And I have Jamal Williams, who I think will be on the fringes of the uh, wide receiver one conversation. Um, running back one conversation, apologies. So I think for me, that is something I would be cautious on and just monitor that situation uh as for Devontae Adams he's could easily be the wide receiver one this week I think he's going to be right right up there he'd be in the top three easily I think I have him at one right now as it stands but that's because Minnesota are 31st uh in points allowed to wide receivers and that could potentially open up for Marcus Valdez Scantling but he hasn't done it so far so I'm not so sure that 
I'd be taking that risk. I still have him as a wide receiver four. So I'd be comfortable starting Adams. I'd be starting the starting running back, whether that's Williams or whether that is uh, Jones. I'd be starting Rogers. And I think you can start Tony. And I think he's uh, on the fringes of the tight end one, tight end two conversation. Um, I think you can feel pretty good about him this week also. Uh, next up, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand, <laughs> New England at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo favoured by three and a half. Uh, over under his very low, 41. That's because the Bills haven't really done it in the last couple of the games on, on offence. Remember, they beat the Jets last week but didn't score a touchdown. And New England looked pretty terrible uh, across the board. I'll be honest, there's two players I'd consider playing that play for New England right now in my lineups. And they're Damian Harris as a low end, running back three as a desperation play through buys. And James White, who is slightly higher up on my rankings. That's it. I'm not interested in anybody else. I'm not interested in Edmund. Edmund's now out. He's had surgery. I'm not interested in Bird. I'm not interested in Harry. I'm not interested in Newton. I'm not interested in the tight ends. There's nothing there for me. Uh, if you're in a really super, super, super deep league, then Rex Burkhead could come into play as like a running back four. But I just don't. I don't really like uh, anyone really from the Patriots this week. And it's pretty narrow for Buffalo too. Um, I don't really like the running game here. Um, I've got Singletree on the fringe of the. Uh, running back three, running back four conversation, have Moss in pretty much the same place. I have them almost neck, neck and neck because they're almost getting identical work. Moss gets the receiving work. Uh, Singletree gets the running work. There's no touchdowns for either of them really in this offense. So I'm just not a fan of, of either really, uh, unless desperate to play them. Josh Allen, you should play. He's going to be a quarterback, uh, a quarterback one this week, even with that rushing floor, you should propel him to there. Um, Diggs I have on the fringe of the wide receiver one conversation. Um, I think I have him at, at the 12th spot as it stands right now, but he's going to be there or thereabouts. So he's a must start. Um, if John Brown comes back, I'll have him in the wide receiver two, wide receiver three conversation and Beasley as well. You can start all three of those. Beasley's putting up unbelievable numbers. He's uh, still on pace to get over a thousand yards a season as a wide receiver three in this offense. So you can start any one of those three. Don't worry about the tight ends. Uh, most of them are banged up and injured, uh, but they're not really relevant either way. Tennessee uh, favored by five and a half points going to Cincinnati who and this over and under set 53 and a half which i think is is right this one will be very high scoring we'll start with we'll start with tennessee and they're a pretty narrow team Tannehill's a quarterback one henry's a running back one and he'll be in the top two i think running backs this week i have him at two currently behind kamara uh, aj brown should be a wide receiver two with potential wide receiver one upside if he can break a couple of runs away Corey Davis, I think, is is relevant as a wide receiver three this week. He still has that knack of getting into the end zone. So I think he's one to definitely watch out for. And John O'Smith, you can start. I think I've got him at the tight end six overall. Um, Cincinnati are actually the second worst team to tight ends, giving up points allowed, fantasy points allowed. So it should be a good matchup for, for John O'Smith this week. Uh, as for um, Cincy, Burrow's on the fringes of that quarterback one, quarterback two conversation for me. So very happy if you if you want to start him. This backfield, it doesn't look like Mixon's going to go. Keep an eye on it. If that's the case, I think Bernard is a high-end running back too. I think if Mixon goes, he gets a little bit more uh, and maybe goes into the RB1 conversation. So that's one to watch. Um, I really like the play of, of Tyler Boyd. I've got him on a high-end wide receiver too. Would not surprise me in a PPR league to see him go into the wide receiver one conversation because he's just getting all the targets. A uh, high number of double-digit targets again last week. Uh, he's the go-to guy. He's the alpha in this offense and they're going to throw the ball a lot in this game so i like toilet boyd this week i also like t higgins i think he's on the fringes of the wide receiver two wide receiver three conversation i think even aj green's a play i've got him on the fringes of the wide receiver three conversation right now but and this is me saying i'm not a big fan of the new or the existing aj green 
but he is someone who I think is fantasy relevant this week and can see him getting top 36 wide receiver numbers this week. One interesting thing is that Tennessee, and the reason I've got all these wide receivers ranked in the top 36, are, are Tennessee are a bottom six defense to wide receiver fantasy points allowed in the league. So that's a, a reason to target them. Next up, you've got Las Vegas at Cleveland. Cleveland favored by two and a half here, over and under set of 51. Uh, in terms of Las Vegas, you've got Carr, who's a very safe, he's my streaming option this week. So he's the one I, I like. I think he gives you a very safe floor, top top 12, top 14 QB numbers this week for sure. Jacobs, I think, is an RB2. A lot of people have him ranked in the RB1 conversation. But I think if, if Las Vegas are going to be behind in this game, because he's not in the receiving game, I don't think the game script goes his way. So he's not one I'm overly high on this week but if you've got him you kind of have to start him Aguilar I think is really interesting now um he's had a few games in a row where he's broken off touchdowns and high receiving yards games and they're finally learning how to use him and I think he's now breaking into that potential top top receiver for Oakland and it's kind of a bit of a minefield as to which one is going to break out is it going to be Renfro is it going to be Aguilar is it going to be Ruggs Ruggs for me is just not putting it up there that often right now. So I have Aguilar in the wide receiver three conversation, I have Renfro in the wide receiver four conversation. And uh, Darren Waller is a tight end one for sure. I think he's a top three play this week at the position. As for Cleveland, Kareem Hunt, you've got to start him. He's going to be a running back one this week for sure. Uh, Las Vegas are the third worst defense to running backs for fantasy football points allowed this season. So he should eat for sure. Um, I like Higgins this week. I think he's on the fringes. I've got him just inside the top 24 wide receivers this week. I think he gets a lot more play than Landry, given that Landry's still dealing with a rib injury uh, and he hasn't really looked himself this season. So I've got Landry on the fringes of the wide receiver three, wide receiver four conversation because of that injury. I think if he was fully fit, I'd move him higher up the board. And then you've got Harrison Bryant. I don't think Austin Hooper goes again because of that. He had his appendix out to appendectomy. Uh, so as a result, I think Bryant is a tight end two, but I think he could have tight end one upside this week. Moving on to the Jets, they uh, go to Kansas City, who are favoured by 19.5 points. And that's not a misread. It actually opened up this line at 21. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be a blowout. The over-under set at 49. Um, so it, it's basically saying it's going to be like a 30 to 10 score line is kind of what you're expecting in this game. And that looks well within the reasonable outcomes of possibilities here. New York Jets will, will keep us really quick. P. Ryan, I think, is uh, running back three this week, and he's starting to get a little bit more involved, although Gore is getting uh, significant touches. So while that is still happening, it's going to cap his upside. But he's a hold player. I think he gets more and more work as the season goes on. He's starting to really come together. <laughs> I'd like to see more yards per yards per attempt go up. But I think he's doing an OK job. And he found the end zone last week in this game's only touchdown against the Bills. Jameson Crowder is fit, and you've got to keep the monitor on that. Then he is a wide receiver to play, but we don't know that until we see the weekend, so keep an eye. Kansas City is almost the same names every week. There's a new one to add this week. Um, so Mahomes, quarterback one, CH, I think is a running back two because you've got Bell, who I think is a running back three, high end, maybe running back two. They could split the work. They maybe rest CH and let Bell go nuts given the game script. Both these two should get lots of volume but it's just how the split goes i'm very conservative on this um i think you've got to play one or the other maybe even both given the fact that it could be such a run heavy game but we'll see what happens uh, as it transpires but i can understand sitting them i can understand playing them it, it really is when you've got a game where the a team is favored by 20 the game dictates that there'll be a lot of run on the ball 
And that's really how the, the Chiefs have played the last couple of weeks as well. So it'd be interesting to see if they keep that up and how that split goes. We have such a small sample size with these two of just one game that it's going to be still a bit of a learning experience. So I'm sort of hedging the bets there with, with their rankings this week, but wouldn't surprise me if either one or both became RB1s this week, given the potential volume they have. Hill, I think, is due a massive game. He's due a massive game at some point. It's going to happen in the next week or two. Um, whether last week kind of prohibited him, I think this could be the sort of game he could break off like six for 150 and two. That game is coming. We can see it in the way he's running and the way that he's playing. It's just not quite happened for him. So don't be surprised if you see that kind of stat line this week against the Jets, although they're better on D than they are in an offense. And Kelsey, you have to start. I think he could be the Titan one this week for sure. Rams at, Rams at Miami, Rams favored by three and a half over and under set 46. I think this could be a quite a low scoring game. Goff I've got on the fringes, but I think to be honest, there's better options than starting Goff. I think I've got him sort of round about QB 15, QB 16. And I think for me, he could make that QB one leap. Sure. He could also be at the bottom 10. It really is a case of he's on that sort of fine line. Depends how the game kind of plays out. So he's a, bit more of a risk. I like players like Garoppolo this week over him, for example, just because I think they give you a bit of a safer floor. Henderson is a running back too. Looks like Cam Akers is almost faded out, as is Malcolm Brown, but I think they're still going to be around, get touches, and they could break off games. But Henderson definitely looks like he's a solid play this week. Um, we've got Woodson cut both in the wide receiver too. It's been interesting because the volume has gone down. They're running the ball so efficiently. They're running the ball so well. They're not using the wide receivers much. And this is definitely a better matchup for Woods to get over the top. And really, touchdowns have kind of saved him. The receptions and yardage are not what I would have expected them to be, given the start of the season. So I think this could be the sort of game that he could get back on track. I think they're going to really target Cup and not allow uh, that short yardage that um, Goff likes to work in. So keep an eye on Woods. He's the one I'd have over over Cup this week for sure. Higby practice yesterday, and uh, that could bring him into a conversation to play but i'd probably stay away from the tight end situation right now it's just a bit a bit muddled um so i'd probably stay away from it as for miami i don't really have a lot of starts here because two you don't know what you're getting and if you're really desperate and playing but i just don't i don't like that this week i don't think it's the move i would make to play him unless i was i was utterly desperate i think in one deep super flex league i think i am because i am desperate got uh, call back on by so fine but I think I, in other than those circumstances I probably wouldn't be playing him Gaskin I think is a running back too I think it's just what he is he's like David Montgomery 2.0 he's not explosive he's not going to do you uh amazing job he's not got an amazingly high ceiling but he's pretty safe in his volume every week and he's just going to put up a very steady number and he's going to creep to like a top 18 running back finish by just being completely efficient and under the radar, um, well, not even efficient, just under the radar, just volume and 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 just steady productivity. It's like it's like watching Frank Gore over again, kind of really with with Miles Gaskin. Parker, I would play this week. I think he's a, a wide receiver too. I don't really like the other options this week. Um, I wouldn't be playing Preston Williams. I wouldn't be playing uh, Gizaki. You just don't know what you're going to get out of Tua. Ironically, the one I do, if you're really looking for a deep, deep flyer, is Isaiah Ford. I think he's someone who could benefit as a dump-off kind of guy in this offense. So something to to watch out for there. Right, moving on to the next game. New Orleans favored by four and a half points over Chicago. Over and under is uh, one of the lower lines of the week, 43 and a half. And really with the Chicago D who are the second best against quarterbacks and third best against wide receivers. There's not too many starters in this game. I'm overly interested in 
Uh, Drew Brees is a quarterback too. I don't think this is the week to be playing him against that Chicago D. Um, I'd be playing Kamara. I think he's the overall running back one this week. I think they're going to rely heavily on what he can do through the air and on the ground. He just gets 100 yards a game from scrimmage. It's just whether he finds the end zone. He's due touchdowns with the volume he's put up. So hopefully this is the kind of week he gets two touchdowns on the ground uh, for fantasy players. I think Murray is a potential play this week. I think he's a top 30 running back. And I think if you um, are looking for some value off the waiver wire, he could be a, a sneaky little ad if, he, if he's there. Thomas will wait to see if he plays. Um, he did apparently practice yesterday. I don't know how much practice he had. So that's one to keep an eye on. Of course, if he comes back, you've got to start him. If not, you could go down the route of Callaway or Smith. But I don't think these guys are going to put up huge, huge numbers. Maybe Callaway, just as a dump-off guy, could could put up a 6 for 75 like he did last week. But I'm, I'm not in love with with the other options in this offense. And Cook, uh, Jared Cook, you can have as a tight end one this week. I think he's on the fringes in the 10 to 14 range. So, um, But I do like him to get a touchdown this week against the Bears. That's, that's for sure. As for Chicago... This is really thin because really the only guy here with elite fantasy production is Alan Robinson. And I think he's still in the concussion protocol. So he's touch and go wherever he goes. If he doesn't go, you could start Daryl Mooney. <sighs> Where do you rank him? I don't really know. Maybe a wide receiver three. I wouldn't be playing Miller. I think he's down in the late 50s, 60s wide receiver rank for me this week. He might get a slight bump if Robinson doesn't play, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not in love with that option either. Um, David Montgomery, I think he's a fringe running back two this week. He just, again, he's just, he puts up numbers, but he's not looked particularly great this season. It's really similar to last season. Um, I don't think this is a game. He goes for like 102 touchdowns i think he's you know plotted somewhere in the 60 to 80 range maybe he gets a reception here and there but he put up safe numbers just nothing extraordinary for you and jimmy graham i think is a tight end uh touchdown candidate this week so i i always like floating him in that 7 to 14 range of uh, tight ends every week and i think he's a pretty good bet to fall in that range once again so he's, that's uh, uh definitely something worth worth considering Probably one of the games of the week, the 49ers at Seattle. Seattle favoured by three over an under set 54. This should be a shootout. should be really exciting. Um, I think Garoppolo is is in that range of desperation starters this week. You can plug and play on by. I'm thinking he'll be fine um, because of the fact that Seattle defence is, is so bad. Um, it's bad against quarterbacks. It's bad against um, wide receivers. In fact, it's the worst defence against wide receivers for fancy points allowed. So you can feel pretty comfortable starting Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. Um, I don't think he puts up elite top 10 numbers, but I think he, it would shock me if he, if he fell in that range of like 10 to 13, 14 this week. Um, McKinnon, it's an interesting one. I think you start him because apparently he was being rested for his early season workload and coming back from injury. Given the fact there's no Jeff Wilson, there's no Raheem Mostert. It doesn't look overly confident like Tevin Coleman is going to play. Um, I think you start uh, Jared McKinnon, and I think he's one that could put up uh, uh, running back two numbers this week. I think Brandon Ayuk, I've written about all week, I think he's someone who could have a very good game, and a solid wide receiver two week for sure, with maybe even more. He could easily have a six for 100 and a touchdown day. No problem against this defense. Kittle, you're starting all day long. I think he's a top three tight end this week for sure. As for Seattle, you definitely start Russell Wilson. You don't need me to tell you that. The running back situation is very hectic. At this point, we're no clearer as to who it's going to be. My my money would be, if I was a betting man on Hyde um, as a running back too, he's someone I would consider. Um, 
if not DJ Dallas is the other one to keep an eye on. So try and hedge your bets and try and get both players because one of them is going to play and put up a, a number this week. Lockett and Metcalf. Lockett was the one that went off last week. Metcalf went off a couple of weeks ago. That's kind of how this is, offense is going to go. So I ranked them both as, as wide receiver twos, but they must start every week because easily one of them could become the number one overall uh, wide receiver for the week. Um, but both are going to put up solid enough numbers for, for sure. Dallas at Philadelphia. Philadelphia favored by nine and a half points. As a two-win team, that's quite shocking. But given what's going on at Dallas, not surprising. Uh, over under set 43. I think this is the lowest line of the week uh, that we're looking at. I'm just checking. No, New England Buffalo 41. So second lowest line of the week. Dallas, easy. Zeke Fringe running back one has not done it this year. But I'm trying to buy him in places because his stock is quite low right now. And I think he will rebound. Ben DiNucci looks like he's going to get the start. Do you really see him throwing the ball 50 times? I don't. I see this going to Zeke. I think this could be a good game for Zeke. I've got him on the fringes for things like fumbles and receptions are are way down. Um, And I just don't think they might. They're probably not going to run enough plays for him to be in the higher end conversation. But I think his floor is very safe at that bottom end of the, the running back one. Cooper, I think, is a fringe wide receiver two for for that reason. And Lamb, maybe a wide receiver three. I think Gallup is probably droppable in most leagues. I just don't see him putting anything up for the rest of the season. Dalton Schultz, don't see a lot from him. If you're really desperate at tight end, sure, you can fling him and see if Danucci can can do something and, and get the ball to him. But yeah, I don't I don't really see any point in holding or playing too many players from this Dallas offense other than than Zeke, um, Cooper, maybe Lamb, if you're kind of hoping, but would also not be surprised if he didn't play Lamb. Philadelphia is pretty um, straightforward from here. Wentz is a quarterback one this week. I think on him as the top six quarterback this week. I think he can exploit this matchup against one of the worst defenses we've probably ever seen in the NFL. Scott, I think, is probably going to get the start this week unless we hear something different from Sanders. He's not practiced at this point going into the weekend so something to keep an eye on which means uh, Scott I think is on the fringe of the running back one running back two conversation I think he's a good bet for touchdowns and work here Fulgram I think is a wide receiver two this week I think he looks pretty established in that offense right now Greg Ward is a desperation play the fringes of the wide receiver three wide receiver four um, and good old Dick Rogers I think he's someone that you can easily start this week and potentially be in the tight end one conversation for sure Chargers at Denver, over and under set 44.5. Chargers favoured by three. I'm surprised by that. I think it's probably a bit low, but we'll see what happens. Herbert's been terrific since he started in the league, and he's one that I really, really like this week uh, to start. I think he's a top seven play this week for sure, maybe even higher. Um, Kelly, he's the one running back in this core I would start, but I'm cautious because Denver the second best run defence against fantasy points allowed uh, in the season. I, you know, he basically, he's going to need to get in the end zone to, to be relevant. So I've got him on the fringes of that. Right about two, right about three. I think Jackson is is not a play this week, uh, less desperate. Uh, he's at best a top 36 play, but I don't think I don't think that. I think he's going to be closer to, to 40. So uh, I think there's better options you can pick up and, and play with. But if you're desperate, then obviously line him up. Just don't have a lot of expectation for him this week. Um, Keenan Allen's been exceptional this year um, really really good so he's someone I would be sticking in the wide receiver one slot for, for sure um, the best one is Mike Williams people just don't know how to rank Mike Williams um, he had one good week where he was a top 24 play and then all the other weeks he's been outside of the top 50 and yet he's still getting ranked as like a, a 24 to 34 wide receiver I, I don't get that JJ Zacharyson said something very similar in his podcast this week so um, 
I I have Mike Williams ranked as a roundabout wide receiver fifty because he's just not he's not getting it done. I think against Denver he doesn't get it done. So other rankers might be telling you to to get him um, and put him in your lineup. I'm I'm not bullish on him at all this week. Denver are a better defense than they are offense, and um, I think for me he's a wide receiver four, wide receiver five fringe play. There's so many better options, probably even on the waiver wire you could pick up now as a free agent. That'd be better than Mike Williams this week. So bench him at all costs. Henry, uh, Hunter Henry is a tight end one, and hopefully he'll find the end zone this week for people. As for Denver, this is, I mean, it's hard to get excited about too many players here. Melvin Gordon is a running back two play, maybe on volume. Maybe he finds the end zone. Uh, Lindsay's a running back three play. He's started to get more involved since he's been fit. Judy is a wide receiver three play. Patrick, Again, if he's fit, I don't know if he goes. If he is, he's a fringe wide receiver three play at best. But these are not players to get overly excited about. I think you've got to start Melvin Gordon, given the draft cost and given what you've probably got on your roster at that position. Maybe Lindsay as well. Judy and Patrick are, if you can not play them, I probably would. I don't think they've got high ceilings at all in this game. Uh, no fan is definitely one you can play. I think he's a tight end one, tight end two uh, kind of play. So I think you can start him quite comfortably. Pittsburgh at Baltimore, arguably the best game of this weekend. Baltimore favored by four, which surprises me. I thought the money would be on the Steelers, but it's not. Over under set 46 and a half. Um, Steelers have the third best defense versus running backs for fantasy points allowed. The fourth best versus tight ends for fantasy points allowed. Uh, meanwhile, Baltimore, the fourth best defense against running backs for fancy points allowed, which says this is going to be a very stingy game on the ground. And more likely the winner of this is going to be who stings it better. So when you look at the two teams, I can't help but think that, that Pittsburgh have the better weapons. It's just how they use them versus what Baltimore have. So we'll start with Pittsburgh. I think Ben is a fringe quarterback too, but you could easily play him this week if he's your quarterback and you, know, you wouldn't have too many struggles. Uh, playing him for sure. I think he's pretty safe. Cotter's a running back too. He's done nothing really spectacular, but he does just enough and gets in on the ground just enough for touchdowns to keep him in that running back two conversation. But he's not going to light it up for you in the box score this week against that Baltimore defense. Now we get to the wide receivers and how you rank these. At the moment, Deontay Johnson is on course to play, but that could easily change. Out of the three, he's the one I'd want to own. He's the one I'd want to own out of the three. I think Deontay Johnson is the one that gets targeted the most. I think from all the um, games he has played in, he's had the better snap share. He's had the most targets. He is, for me, the one that is the constant. When he plays, he gets the volume. Uh, We saw that last week when he played. So he's the one I would own and want to start. If he's fit, if he does, that massively negates what Chase Claypool can offer. We saw this last week. Johnson comes in, he gets the work. Claypool kind of cuts down to the side. Johnson doesn't play, goes to Claypool. So if Johnson doesn't play, I jump Claypool probably 10 spots in my rankings. I've got them all within a five-pick uh, five range. So I think I've got Johnson around 30, and I've got Claypool around 35, somewhere like that. And I've got Juju in the middle. What this points to is Juju is, out of these three, he's going to be the one that's always going to be second every week. He's going to put up steady numbers, but he's got no real ceiling. Um like the other two, where they could put up wide receiver one numbers. I don't see that. I think his ceiling is a wide receiver two. So Juju is very much like across the middle, he'd be fine, but he's not going to be great. If Johnson plays, he's the he's the smash play. If he doesn't play, Claypool is the smash play. And I'll adjust my rankings accordingly as I go through. 
I hope that kind of clears it up. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's how I'm reading the situation right now based on everything I'm I'm seeing. Um, and Ebron, I think, is startable for a, a tight end touchdown option. But again, he's in that sort of mix of about eight players who could be on the fringe of tight end one, tight end two. As for Baltimore, there's only three players I'm interested in. Jackson, he's been good, but he's not been great as a quarterback. Like he's not what you've drafted. And if you spend that high pick on him, as we always tell you not to, because it never pays off, then it's not worth for you. But he's going to be, I think I've got him ranked to eighth this week, and I think that's fine. He's a safe quarterback play every week. I don't want to touch the backfield. So J.K. Dobbins has the most fantasy points. He's still running back 40. I've got all three of these running backs, Edwards, Ingram, and Dobbins, between like 39 and 45. They're just all meh, meh, nothing against the Steeler D. They're not running the ball. Uh, at least one person's not running it enough to make an impact. So sit them all. Marcus Brown, I think, is a wide receiver three play this week. He could break off and have a massive game, but I don't see him getting massive volume. I see him getting just two or three pretty big plays uh, and maybe getting into the end zone. So I could see him getting into the, the wide receiver two conversation for sure. And you've got to start Andrews. I think Andrews could be a... I think he's a top four pick easy uh, this week. But again, that Steelers D is good against tight end. So he could have like a 60 and two touchdown game. He could have an 85 and no touchdown game. They're both in his range of income uh, outcomes. But I think that he's a must start given what you have at the position. Last game of the week, Monday night football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are favored by 10 and a half points on the road to the New York Giants. Open under set 45.5. Lots of players here for Tampa Bay to consider. Brady, I think, is now in the must-start conversation. I've got him as the QB7 this week and think he's been very efficient with the ball. I don't think he's going to put up electric, like, four or five touchdown numbers like he did last week against the Raiders. But I do think he's going to give you two or three touchdowns and be very comfortably in the, com- in the quarterback one situation. Then you've got Rojo and Fournette. Lots of rankers are putting these players about 10 to 12 positions apart, and I just don't think that's the case. I think they're a lot closer. I think I have them split by five or six at best because Rojo's going to get the early work. He's going to get the goal line work. He's going to get the the work that will get him reasonable production, which is why I've got him higher up as sort of a mid-level, maybe even a slightly higher mid-level running back two. But Fournette's getting the catches. Fournette's getting some red zone work as well. I think both of these are pretty close and it could flip one way or the other. But I think both have a path to being very productive this week, given that the game script of a point margin of 10 and a half should lean towards them running the ball quite significantly, which should be a good week for, for both of them on the ground. If you've got them both, they're both startable. Then that leaves us with the wide receivers. Chris Goblin is out with a broken finger. That means Evans is the favoured play. I have him on the fringe of the wide receiver one conversation. I just have him on... Uh, just outside I think it's like 13 14 this week as my wide receiver too he's not a great work but his games are definitely much better when Godwin is not in them um so in the game where there's no Godwin I really fancy uh Evans to, to eat and get in the end zone once or twice he's very productive in the red zone so that's why I, I like him higher this week I think Miller is in the conversation for a wide receiver two wide receiver three fringe and with the volume and, and the level of of ability that he has demonstrated this season he is very solidly going to have points in a ppr league and in a point in ppr league miller's easily a wide receiver two and a half point which is what i did my rankings on he's on the fringe because uh, he'll get he'll get the catches he'll get easy six eight catches no problem um he might even get into the end zone so something to to watch out for there i think gronk is now officially in the tight end one conversation i think i have him like six or seven for this week um and i think going forward he can he can start there 
He's still not going to be a, an elite option at that position, but he's going to be better than most options given how bad the position is. So if you've got Gronk, he'll he'll now start to return on his draft position of like the eighth and ninth round. He'll still he'll probably now work out to be pretty good value given a pretty rough start, but the last couple of games have been good. He's started to shake off the rust and look a bit better. New York, there's not a lot here. I don't want to start Jones. Yeah, yeah, an ATR touchdown round. He's not doing that against Tampa. This 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 run defense is giving up less than 50 yards a game <laughs> in rushing. Um, so I don't really like Daniel Jones this week, which is I don't like the running backs, whether it's Freeman, whether it's Gorman, I don't care. None of them are startable. They've not run the ball well this season. We've talked about it on the pod. And then they're going against the, the stingiest run defense. It could be all time. If they hold, you know, as I said on Monday's pod, if they hold the next uh, two games under 100 yards of total rushing, they'll be the stingiest run defense of all time, or at least tied for it. So, yeah, not not an option for me. Um, players I, I would consider a, a Darius Slayton for the deep ball option as a wide receiver three. Sterling Shepard as a wide receiver three, maybe as a volume play. Uh, Golden Tate, not for me this week. You can bench him unless you're in a spot and you have to play him. He's a wide receiver four. Uh, Engram is on the fringes of the Titan one. I don't really like play, playing Engram because he never offers you any consistency, but he had a good game last time out. And Tampa can be beaten by tight end, so maybe that's an option for... Danny Dimes going forward. That'll do it for this week. Um, sorry about last week. This didn't come out. Um, the schedule just got a bit a bit too much. I uh, take full responsibility and apologize for that. Um, we do have our sleeper channel. That is where you can hit me up with any start sits. Uh, also on the Twitter uh, as well. But, you know, the sleeper is a good option because if you tag me in it, I get the notification. Um, and I'll get back to you a lot quicker than on Twitter where uh, I will look at it and see it when I find it. But sleeper is going to be where you get your probably your quickest option and i'll get back to you as soon as i see that notification and pick that up but good luck this week let's all go get some w's let's take a charge towards the playoffs and let's go get some points that we need to build up our points totals to uh, get those tiebreakers to get those wins and to get into the playoffs so until next week rush nation good luck this weekend and don't forget keep rushing HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.